time. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Praise God. And so I will take up our Sunday school offering this morning as we pass through. Amen. And as we prepare Brother Miller getting ready to come and teach us this morning. So God bless Brother Miller. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Always good to be in the house of the Lord. Once again, I am so excited for what God is doing. He never ceases to amaze me with his goodness and his mercy. And it's not that we deserve it, but just because of who he is, he continues to shine his mercy and grace upon us. I'm so glad I got a report this weekend or um, Friday. It was a young young boy who has been dealing with a health condition that he was born with. And um, so they've been running a lot of tests on him for years. I think he's, well, he's about three or four. Um, but he went into the hospital um, this past week. Thursday and Friday, he was going to going some procedures, and they took him in to uh, get examined, get a biopsy done. And so, of course, with any uh, examination, there are always risks involved. But thank God he has pulled through. He's, came, he's come out okay. And so, you know, I tell that testimony because his uncle, uh, who I worked with, um, he actually texted me and asked me to pray for him. And this is the second time that he's asked for prayer for him, um, that I received that request from him. And I, I really thank God because, again, as you just never know what impact you're making, you know, on the people that you're around. Sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that. You know, you get caught up in everyday tasks, and then next thing you know, you do something that just messes up your testimony, you know. All it takes is that one time. But I'm so glad, again, and it's all, all glory goes to God, because I know it's him that's keeping me. Amen. Good to see everyone here, see family here. Amen. It's an awesome thing. Um, I'm excited about the series that we're getting into. We talked about conquering your giants over the last, uh, what, several months now. And again, I've been blessed by it. You know, I don't know about you, but it's really, you know, it's just been a huge blessing talking about, you know, what giants we face um, and so I hope that you continue to keep those. And again, you know, don't just stick within the confines of what the lesson, uh, the lesson that you receive, but take that and build upon that. Amen. Because the whole intent is to grow. If you come and you just check the block, you receive all these lessons, you toss them out. It does no good. We're supposed to build. Amen. And so that's I mean, that's really how how these lessons are designed is to help us build and become more effective as people of God. So we're going to get into our lesson this morning. And uh, I'm not going to promise you what, what point we'll get to. I'm not going to worry about it. We'll get to whatever point we're supposed to get to. And we'll continue on next week. But lesson one, uh, we'll be talking, we'll be defining perspective. And let me just forewarn you, yes, some of this may be a more academic or intellectual approach 
but I believe it's necessary to kind of lay the foundation or the groundwork for some of the things that we'll be talking about as we go through the lesson. So I'm sorry if you say, well, it's just, you know, look, just bear with me. The information in here, I believe, is necessary, okay? So putting life back into perspective. And we're going to start, we're going to go to Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read a few verses here. And uh, normally I like to have people read, but because we are recording, I don't want anyone to feel left out. And I don't want dead space on the tape. So, to read, just bear with me. And uh, I have a time limit, so don't worry, and my alarm is set. (laughs) Amen. Romans chapter 1. Verses 16 to 32. And if you have it, say amen. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek? For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by what? All right. For the wrath of God, verse 18, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power in Godhead so that they are without excuse Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Is anybody surprised? And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their own, in their lust, excuse me, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. I don't care if you're a woman or a man, that's just nasty. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. Look at that. That was a result of being in error. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, 
God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Let me just put a point of clarification here. It's not saying that God intended for them to be confused, but because that's what they chose, God said, well, I'm going to let you go. God is not willing that any should perish, but if you want to go the wrong way, God is such a gentleman that he'll say, go on and destroy yourself. Now, this is a bad position to be in because before that happens, usually God will make numerous attempts to get your attention. Now, I've learned that in my own life, so I can't speak for anybody else, but I have learned that God will will make multiple attempts to try to get our attention. But if you've had enough and you said, I really don't want this, so please stop trying. Now, we don't say that in, those, in so many words, but in our behavior, that's what we're saying. So God says, okay, you want it your way? Here you go. Y'all know how it is, parents, right? After a while, you just say, okay, you want to run into a brick wall? Go right on ahead. Consequences to it, but that's what you want to do. Now, of course, we don't let it be a free-for-all. As long as you're in my house. Amen? Listen, when I was growing up, my parents told me, you can either abide by the rules or there's the door. So I left. And I came back. Amen. 29, being filled, well, no, let me finish this verse, 28, gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud. Boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, wow, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but the twisted part is they have pleasure in them that do them. Don't that sound like the United States of a mess? Society that we live in, it's not that it's really changing from anything that existed before. It's just that it's becoming more acceptable. So a lot of things that exist now, you know, I say this, homosexuality, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a further lesson, but you know, homosexuality is not a new concept. It's not a new development. It's always been around. Long time ago. 
But the church has also been around for quite some time. And the church has always stood on what we stand on, the truth. Right? So this is what I always say to folks when they come up with the argument talking about, you know, hate speech and all that other stuff. I say the church has never changed its stance. We always preached against it. The difference is now you're pushing the agenda so much that it brings attention because now it opposes the majority. Isn't it amazing? It's interesting that they're pushing this in the school. They're pushing it in the... Tell you how to preach. You can preach what you want. You can cuss in your preaching. But don't you knock. Don't knock our agenda. All because we have lost the proper perspective. So sight, amongst all the other five senses, is designed to help us view and appreciate the beauty of life. However, if our vision becomes impaired, we lose the ability to view life properly. As a result, images become distorted, disfigured, and unidentifiable. Fortunately, there are options available to help repair and improve our vision. Eyeglasses, contact lenses, and optical surgeries offer hope to those who suffer from things like glaucoma, cataracts, nearsightedness, astigmatisms, and other visual disorders. Additionally, there are things we can do personally to help ensure the condition of our eyes remain healthy. But similar to physical sight, there is a need for clear spiritual vision. God offers hope to those who suffer with visual disorders. In order to see spiritually, we must have faith. Faith is the material of the things we hope for and the proof of what we cannot physically see. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I worded it differently, but that's in essence what it's saying. Your faith is the substance of what you hope for. It's the proof of what you cannot see. But faith is all about what you can't see from a physical standpoint. Because faith is a spiritual virtue. The absence of faith makes it impossible to see and please God. If you don't have faith, you ain't going to believe in God. Fortunately, we do not have to reside in darkness. God repairs our ability to see him clearly by giving us a fresh perspective through the eyes of faith. The scripture tells us that we receive faith by hearing what? The word of God. That truth that folks don't like no more. The only way to improve our spiritual vision is to remain in right truth, the word of God. If faith comes by hearing, if I receive faith by hearing the word of God, then naturally the only way I'm going to improve or build my faith is to remain in the word of God. 
Jesus says what? Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, but don't get it messed up. The scriptures are not about you. It's about... That's what he says. This is why it's so important, you know, and I'm trying not to jump in the other lesson, the future lessons, but it's why it's so important. You know, folks say, well, you know, man, I just, I, I don't, I, everything in the Word, you know, he just, I, I just see it differently. It's not about you and how you see it. It's about what Jesus intended for it to be. So if you have faith, he's going to show you what he meant by his own Word. I don't have to go to school for years to get a theology degree to, to understand God's Word. I'm not knocking degrees, so I keep putting that disclaimer out there because I don't want nobody leaving here mad because you got a degree. But you don't have to have one to understand God's Word. They marveled at the apostles. I said, man, these men... Uneducated, unlearned, but look at them professing. What they didn't realize is that they had power. See, I can stand up here and articulate, enunciate, sound very profound, and you'll leave here with nothing. Politician. Oh, sorry. But if I don't have something behind what I'm saying, y'all know what I'm talking about. We're going to make the economy better. Eight years later, we're still hurting. Gas is still expensive. It's a little cheaper than what it was. But... I know I'm making light, but it's, it's really, I mean, we have all the examples in the Word of God. So in order to be effective as children of God, we got to stay in the Word. That's our foundation. Amen? It's how we build our faith because we get that perspective through the eyes of faith. The stronger our faith, the clearer we see God. The clearer we see God, the better we will recognize and value His master design. I love that. Through the eyes of faith, in essence, I can begin to see things the way God designed it to be. As a result, we can begin to experience life with a fresh perspective. Ultimately, we must put life back into perspective by making God our focus in life. So that is the premise to this lesson or to this series here and like I said I mean just as I've been pondering on this for the past few months and just kind of letting it you know it's just been awesome that that just the things that God has been dealing with me about even in my own life and in my own daily you know duties and as I go about it's like okay wow help me to see things differently at work I'm sorry, but we all adults in here, so I know, you know, some may go to college, but the truth is most of us work or have worked a job. So I always refer back to working. Uh, nobody in here in grade school right now, so 
I use that as a reference point. But a lot of times when you work in your job, you always run into that one that just get under your skin. Right? But again, you know, just like I was sharing with one of my brothers, you know, it's one of those things, if you are focused, you're staying in the Word of God, He helps you to see things the way He designed it to be. So the way I look at it is God has prepositioned me where I am because there's a need for me to be there. Meaning that He wants me to accomplish, or He wants to accomplish something, and He chooses to use me. That's awesome. Wow. Okay, so in order for me to know what he wants me to do, I got to do what? The stronger my relationship becomes with him, the clearer I see. Now I begin to understand how I'm supposed to respond when things begin to happen that don't feel good. Because chances are the things that feel uncomfortable is really attacking the flesh. Right? Yeah, that flesh. Paul says we got to walk in the Spirit so we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When he's talking about lust, he's not just talking about, you know, sexual desires. We just read a lot of the stuff in there about the works of the flesh. Because Paul talks about it again. You know, later on, I believe in Ephesians or Galatians, he talks about the works of the flesh. All manifest. Which are these, right? talks about idolatry, adultery, fornication, all those same things, that, a lot of the same things that we just read in here. But he's talking about way back when this has transpired. Y'all remember the scripture? There's a scripture in Genesis right after... The flood, I believe. No. I'm trying to remember where it was at. But it talks about everybody, men everywhere, begin to call on the name of the Lord. That was before the flood, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Right? So everywhere. What does that tell us? Please, somebody, tell me. What does that tell us? By virtue of what the Scripture is telling us that Though everywhere men begin to call on the name of the Lord. What does that tell us today? Oh, I, I hear a lot. And we all on the same sheet of music. That means that at some point everybody had a clue. So why we feel like we got an excuse today? Where do you think all these religions came from? There are a lot of parallels with the principles and the concepts within these religions that link up with biblical principles. Religions all over the world. Atheists are just kind of stuck because they don't know where they at. I told one atheist years ago, I said, you, you know, and I, I was listening to, I don't know if anybody heard of Ravi Zacharias, but I was listening to him, and I told my wife, I said, that's pretty interesting to me. Years ago, I met this atheist woman, and we just happened to be talking about God at some point. She said she was an atheist. I said, okay, let me ask you a question. 
by virtue of the definition of that word, what you're telling me is that you have to first deny or you have to first acknowledge something exists to deny that it doesn't exist. If I worded that correctly, you got to first acknowledge it. So you probably could win an atheist quicker than you can. Because they don't know what they believe. But at some point, everybody knew who God was. Paul, in, in this scripture, he talks about the fact that over time, they lost their focus. And they begin to glorify images, making them gods or representation of God. They started worshiping the creation. I always thought, you know, I'm, I'm not the smartest person in the world, I'm really not. But, I mean, when I look at it, if you, if you have to form that with your hand, what makes that more powerful than you as a human being? I'm serving what I made. Anybody else think that's backwards? This is stuff I think about sometimes. You know, I, I look back at that lesson with, uh, I mean, um, with uh, Aaron. Moses up there in the mountain. And it's, it's really interesting again to me that they witnessed all of this. It wasn't, it, there was no confusion whatsoever. As to the power, the abilities that God had. When you can send a whole multitude of frogs in one part of the city and the other one, they good. Total darkness in one part of the city and the other one, they still, they, we all right. We got sunlight, we good, we got some warmth. A big body of water split, and I know every scientist wants to try to disprove. We're going to get into science again a little bit later. But you witnessed all that, and you walked through, so there was no confusion. We knew what we was looking at when we was walking through. Get a whale right there. That's all right. I just wonder what it had been like to walk through there. But they witnessed all this stuff. They get in the wilderness, and the pastor was preaching about it uh, last week, I believe it was. How they begin to complain? But when they got to that point when Moses was up in that mountain, man, he'd been up there for too long. You know how some people just impatient. You ever been hungry and somebody say, I'm going to get something to eat? I'm going to go pick it up. I already ordered it. I'm going to pick it up. But you feel like you're about to die. Man, I got to have me something now. I got kids that way. Feel like they about to die. Well, I can't wait. Got a piece of stone right up the street. 
Moses up there, he's having a grand old time with God. I mean, man, that had to have been awesome to, you know, just have that interaction with God like that. And Aaron is down there with the people, and the people is losing their minds. Moses been gone too long, Aaron. But what I'm trying to figure out is how did that equate to let's make a golden calf? Out of all the things, I mean, let's make a golden calf. That makes sense. But what makes me laugh a lot of times about that story is Aaron sitting right there. Instead of him saying, let me pray about it, what would Moses, have, would have, what would he have done in this situation? Moses said, I mean, Aaron says, take off all your earrings, give me all your gold. Let's put it all together, man. We're going to have a party. Let's throw it into this fire. And the Bible says that he, they were forming it. It took some work. And some time. But they constructed this golden calf. When Moses is up there, you know, God says, hey, look, man, it's been nice having this talk with you, but you're going to have to go down because my people have lost their minds. They acting crazy. Sends Moses back down there. Moses gets down there, see what's going on on his way down there. I forget who who was with him or who, you know, Joshua, that's what I thought. Says, hey, Moses, sound like they having a, uh, sound like there's war. Moses get down there and see. But he asked Aaron a question. He says, hey, what caused you to do all this? Why did you allow this to happen? And Aaron's response was, hey, man, look, I don't know what you're talking about. All of, we just tossed the gold into the fire and then out popped this calf. I always laugh at that part. <laughs> but they lost their perspective. Perspective is a way of thinking about or looking at something. Outlook, point of view, interpretation, belief, opinion, conviction, impression. Ultimately, to me, there are two kinds of perspective. There's an earthly perspective. There's a spiritual perspective. Earthly deals with what's tangible, what I can put my hands on. And in most cases, things that really don't last long. But I got to have it now. If you find folks, you know, uh, I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking to, but what we find now is there's an epidemic where people are concerned about image. I think I was talking to my son last night about that. Concerned about image. But what's happening is they're trying to recreate an image all their own because they don't see that God has already created them in his image, which is already valuable in and of itself. But in their efforts to do that, they are compromising who they're supposed to be to become what we just read about. 
So filled with evil, vile affections. Look at our world today. There's a lot of hostility, a lot of violence going on. Just in, in La Crosse and the surrounding cities alone, we've heard a lot of reports of acts of violence. I can't even, I mean, I don't see the news for the rest of the nation, but I mean, we've got a serious problem. But it's because they're looking at it from, they're looking at life from an earthly perspective. We also refer to that as a carnal perspective. It's about the flesh. So, you know, I have to have these things in order to be successful. You know, that perspective where it's like, you know, i got to have this nice fancy house, you know, two kids. That's supposed to be the American dream, right? Two children. Is it still the American dream? I don't know if they rewrote it, you know, in the right house, backyard, big backyard, two children, a dog. Did I miss something? Oh, oh, two. Two Chevrolets? All that stuff. Sports, you know, we got to have my big screen now. It's amazing me the screens just keep getting bigger and bigger. So pretty soon the movie theater is going out of business. Everybody got them theaters in their house. You can't fit nothing else in that living room, but you got that big screen. Well, I hope I ain't hitting nobody. All that stuff is temporary. You know what the scripture says? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter how many possessions you have. It don't even matter what you've done in your whole entire life, all the charities you've given to, how many services you check the block on. I mean to say how many services you engaged in, excuse me. It doesn't matter. When it's your time to go, you don't bring none of that with you. Now hopefully some people, you know, for us that's married, don't take this the wrong way. You don't leave here with the wrong mindset. But when you leave here, you don't leave with your wife or your husband. I was hoping I didn't see no smile. My understanding is you ain't even going to be married up there. Everybody going to be brothers and sisters. Everybody talking about, man, get my mansion and, you you know, we're going to make our bedroom not... Think you got the wrong idea about stop listening to all them love songs. <laughs> but there's a spiritual perspective that transcends what happens on this earth. By no means am I negating the, the, the importance of being able to take care of yourself and having good things. And if God blesses you with you know a nice house and all that, enjoy that. That comes from the hand of God. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But more importantly than the things that we have, really the things that we have should be a result of our relationship with God. What does the scripture say? Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God. My goal is to please him. And I tell a lot of folks, I don't come to church to impress anybody. I don't live this life to look good for anybody. I have my struggles and, and I have my fights that I have to engage with. That's real for me. But I thank God for power to be able to overcome those things. But I don't do this to look good for somebody. And none of us should ever have to worry about that. The objective is to please God, if my Father in heaven is pleased, then I'm all right. That's the goal. But by virtue of me seeking Him first, what is the promise? All these things. You ever wonder what all those things were? talk to my wife, we talked about this numerous times, but I often wonder in moments in my life if I, if I would have been submitted to God if I would have reaped a benefit that I now have missed because I wasn't submitted to God. Does that make sense? So all these things are already prepared. Like I tell my children, I said, God created you on purpose. But before you existed, God had a purpose for you. That's why he brought you into existence. It wasn't a reactionary thing. God didn't say, oh, well, there's another life. Let's see. What can we do to fit them? Oh, yeah, they'll fit right here. God had a purpose for each and every one of us before we came into existence. That's why we exist. That being said, everything we needed to fulfill that purpose, God has already prepared. What did David say in Psalm 23? He prepares a table, not after, before. So by the time I get there, the table's already spread. Right? So these things, the things that he has for us is already prepared. It's a matter of being submitted to him so that we walk into it. That's looking at things from a spiritual perspective. Because a lot of folks who are looking at it from a earthly perspective are chasing things. And leaving God as an afterthought. If I can just get this, everything will be okay. I'll start giving my life to God. You ever heard you talk to people that's not in church and you're trying to encourage them to come to church? And Well, I'm just trying to get my life together. And then... That's why I'm inviting you. 
because it's God that's going to get your life You've been trying at it for far too long. God is saying, I have it. And when you come to me, all you that labor and heavy laden, what do he say? By the time I'm done with you, you're going to be able to lay aside all that weight that you've been carrying. And you're going to be able to walk in my rest. That spirit, the spirit of God that gives us that love, joy, peace. All those things that we benefit from. The fruit of the spirit as we talk about. The power of the spirit. We ain't got worry, we ain't got stress. Sitting there, you know, losing sleep because we don't know if we're going to get promoted to the next rank. If it's the will of God, it's mine. I just got to stay in his will. That's the spiritual perspective. The intangible, the, in, the eternal. And by having that spiritual perspective, it doesn't matter what God gives you. You'll never become wrapped up in the things. Your focus is on the provider. We won't have time to, so I figured we was going to break this up which is fine. So we will continue lesson one next week. But we'll be talking about exposure to information, experience of information, and expression of information because these are important to understand how, or these are all connected to a person's perspective. Now there's a difference between perspective and perception. They're kind of they're similar, but one has to do with your position and how you first see things. The other has to do with how you process the things you see. So with your perspective, there's two things for me We talk about perspective. First and foremost, you will, you, can, you will only see what you want to see. You'll only see what you want to see. The second thing is, your perspective is based upon where you stand. Your perspective is based upon where you stand, your position. So, for example, if you're standing outside and you look at this building, depending on where you're positioned on the street will determine what part of the building you see. But the good thing about the maps that we have today, you know, anybody ever use Google Earth? Right? It's a pretty good tool. They zoom in pretty good. Pretty close. You got your satellite view. I don't know what that other view they have, 3D or whatever the case may be. Street view. Where you can zoom in to the street and actually look at My wife laughed because she was telling the story yesterday. I was trying to make it make a point to my children about the neighborhood I used to live in growing up in New York. So I wanted to show them how bad it was. And I was highly disappointed because when I zoomed in to the neighborhood that I used to live in, 
It didn't look like that no more. It was built up. That was disappointing. Because I wanted them to see my struggles. So for all I know, they probably think, Dad, you had a good gated community. <laughs> That's not how it looked when I was growing up. But just the, just the ability to be able to zoom in and see from a broader view. See, we as people, we can see life from our perspective. Our position is on this earth. We can only see but so much. And even in our spiritual walk, we can only see but so far. But if we take things and look at it through the eyes of faith, look at it through the eyes of God, we get a broader view. God helps us to see not only what's right in front of us, but all the things surrounding that. We get a clearer view. We get a better understanding. We start living life more effectively. I got to wrap this lesson up for right now. But y'all pray for me as I pray for y'all as we continue to go forward and get a better perspective on life. God bless you. Let's take a break and be prepared for a dynamic service today in Jesus' name.